Hey, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and turn to Genesis. Genesis chapter, uh, chapter 22. Um, you know, we've been in this uh, series that we started a few weeks ago. We've gotten lots of great, um, great response from you as you're just getting to see things. Some really cool things you're getting to see about this, this, this unity, this picture of the scriptures and uh, the pictures that are in the Old Testament that point to who Christ is and what he came to do. And so I just want you to, there's a couple of things I want you to see um, uh, over the next few weeks. But today, um, we're going to do one that, uh, that is Abraham and Isaac. Today's title is The Sacrifice of a Son. Okay, The Sacrifice of a Son. And, and you're gonna see, like the last three weeks, I've talked about, and when I talk about pictures of Christ in the Old Testament, therefore the Old Testament, God has painted this picture that all points to what we would call the gospel, which the gospel is who Christ is and what he came to do, right? Who Christ is, what he came to do. So it's not just some random story. You know, sometimes people will ask me, hey, hey Jeff, how do you know that people just didn't get together and make that stuff up and write it all up? Well, the incredible part about it is, and, the, and usually when somebody asks me that, I ask them, this is what I say. Do you really want to know? <laughs> Seriously. Because I found out after I start explaining it to them, they don't really want to know. They just want me to say that, that it, very, it probably is that it is a bunch of people got together and wrote it up. I, so I don't waste my time with people who don't want to know. But if you truly want to know, it's all there. And it really comes to these pictures of Christ in the Old Testament, part of it does. Because, because see, these things were written, these are ancient documents, these are ancient um, stories, if you will, uh, biographies of different people's lives, and they go way, way back. And there's no way that over several thousand years that you could unify all of these things that all point to the same thing. And that's who Christ is and what he came to do. So. We talked about the last three were all ones that Christ himself talked about. Noah, right? Uh, no, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man, right? And so, and then Passover, even Jesus himself, you know, at the Passover, which we celebrate as communion, right? Uh, he said, you know, this is, this is me, right? This is a picture of me. Do this in remembrance of me, not just Passover, but who I am, because that's what Passover represents. And then last week, you know, the snake on the pole, right? And this great picture, last week was a great picture of who Christ is, right, and what he came to do. And so we talked about those things, put those things together. And so I want to, I want to just keep doing that, because I want you to see those things. For those of you who want to know, you don't necessarily have to know right now, but do you want to know? And this is where we come down in, in Galatians chapter three. While Jesus doesn't say that this is a picture of him, there are other writers in the New Testament that do. And the one is found in Galatians chapter three, verse eight, and we will come back to that. But I want you to see every word of this verse, okay? It says there, and the scripture. Okay, so we're talking about the Bible, the scriptures. It says, foreseeing, that is seeing ahead of time, that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. What do, what do all those words mean? What do the words mean? The word justify means to make right that's that which is not right, right? So when somebody tries to justify themselves, they're usually giving excuses to try to make, they're not right, but they're trying to make themselves right. But this is the process of making something just that is right. And it says by faith, 
That is making that which is not right, making it right. And it comes as a gift that you put your faith in. So that's what he means there. This is what he said. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, Gentiles would be us unless you're Jewish, right? By faith, preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham. Oh, okay. So there's a picture in Abraham's life, Paul is saying here in the book of Galatians, that is a picture of Christ or the gospel, which the gospel is who Christ is, what he came to do. Now, there are several pictures in Abraham's life, and we're going to center on the clearest of them. Well, they're all clear, but this one is one of those that is amazingly clear, right? Just it kind of jumps off the page if you take the time to really look, okay? So, so let's go ahead and jump, because it goes ahead and says in the rest of that verse, it says, in you shall all the nations be blessed. In other words, this is, gonna, is it through you, Abraham, at least through the gospel message that was shared with you, put into your life beforehand, that's eventually going to make a big difference in the, in the lives of the nations, right? So, so, which I want us to go ahead and take a look at the story found in Genesis. And, uh, and, and the, the title for today is the, is the sacrifice of a son. And, and I want you to see number one is the birth of this sacrifice, right? The birth of this sacrifice. And what I want to share with you, so I'm going ahead and tell you up front, is the parallel between the two. You have Abraham and Isaac, and you have God, and you have God the Father and, and God the Son. And so you have then this parallel, this picture that is, is really pretty clear. In fact, most of the time, that's why we call the, we call the series Pictures of Christ in the Old Testament. Uh, we don't really say is you know, pictures of, of, of God, if you will, in the Old Testament. There's pictures of the Father, right? But in this case, you have them both. It is unique in that way. And in fact, so much of who God is, and we found that at Good Friday, you know, is the God the Father is this mystery, right? But in this particular case, it gives us a, a little bit of a look. Before I go any there, anywhere there, let's, let's go ahead and talk about, about Isaac. Since Isaac here is a picture of Christ, then I want you to understand, I want you to see how the birth uh, matches up, right? So number one is the birth of the sacrifice. Number one is that his birth, that is Isaac's, was a birth that was foretold, right? That was going to happen. Let's take a look now, if you will, in verse, uh, chapter 17 of Genesis, verse 15. It says, and God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, okay, that was her name first, your wife, you're not going to call her Sarai anymore. You're going to call her Sarah. He's changing her name, just like he called, changed Abraham's uh, name from Abram to Abraham. It's the same concept. It says, and it goes on to say, I will bless her, right? Moreover, I will give you a son by her, okay? I will bless her and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Now, what are they talking? What is the writer of Genesis talking about? Because here in a minute, we're going to find out. I mean, Sarah had one son. And how's that all going to come from one son? And, and the writer of Romans talks to us about this. It, it is that Abraham, when, when, when God tells Abraham to go out and look at the skies and says, if you can number the stars, that's how many descendants you're going to have. Well, what's he talking to Abraham? He's not just talking so much about his physical descendants, but it talks about in Romans, and we'll talk about this in the summertime. It talks about in Romans is that those who are faith, right? Children of faith, the seed of faith is what it's called. 
uh, is that those are part of Abraham's family that it started with him. It's an amazing thing. But anyway, we don't have a whole lot of time to, to talk about that, but let's continue. It says, then Abraham fell on his face and he says he laughed. Okay, he laughed out loud. All right. And he said to himself, shall a child be born to a man who's a hundred? Okay, so Abraham's a hundred. Okay, and, and shall Sarah, who's 90, is she going to bear a child? So that's why he laughed. Okay, and yeah, that makes sense because it says another part of Scripture. Again, we can't look at everything, but another part of Scripture, it says that Sarah was, of course, past the time when she was capable of having children. And so we've got this, we've got this, this thing here that it's like, okay, God, we know what you've been promising for all these years, but it ain't going to happen. In fact, it's laughable to think that it is. I mean, Abraham laughs out loud. And then Abraham said to God, uh, hey, why don't, why don't you just let Ishmael be the guy? You know, because Abraham kind of messed up and, and took the handmaid and, and it, was, it was a mess. It wound up being a mess. It still is a mess to this day. But in verse 19, and God says, no, 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 you're not hearing me. Sarah will bear you a son, okay? And you shall call his name Isaac. I'm going to establish my covenant with him, all right, as an everlasting covenant for his offspring. All right, so number one is that Isaac's birth was foretold. Number two, all right, I want you to understand that Isaac's name was given beforehand. If you're tracking this, then remember Mary, okay? Remember Mary, birth foretold, name foretold beforehand. But the big one is the third one, is that the birth was a miracle, okay? Isaac's birth was a miracle birth, okay? And obviously they knew, Abraham and Sarah, I mean, they were so old, and yet see, listen to this, why, you know, sometimes we can question God, why, 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 why? But when it comes down to it, can you trust him? You can. But in this particular case, God, why did you wait so long? Right? I mean, why did you bring children to their lives at 100 and, and you know, one at 100, one at 90? And that God, you had to do something special to even allow it to happen. Like miracle kind of stuff, miracle baby. Because God's painting a picture so that generations, many generations later, you and I can look at it. And we can see that God's been painting this picture for a long time. And it all points to who Christ is and what he came to do. If you have eyes to see and ears to hear, right? This miracle birth of this sacrifice, right? Isaac's whole life was a picture of Christ in the Old Testament. And Abraham comes into it, and you'll see it in just a minute, okay? So number three is the birth of a miracle. So the birth of the sacrifice. Number two is what I'm going to call the place of the sacrifice. So after these, chapter 22, verse 1, it says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here am I. And he says, I want you to take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. Okay, now can you imagine how loved this little boy is. I mean, you've been waiting a long time, right? 
and they are much more grandparents than they are parents. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, right? It's kind of like some of you, how many oldest borns do we have in here? All right. Now, how many of you have another brother or sister who was born a long time after you? Were they parented different than you? Oh yeah. I got the hard nosed, take a stand on every hill parents. My brother got the softer, more mellow parents. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. Some of the, this is a little oldest born, you know, kind of, uh, this is good for me, right? And for some of you that were there. Uh, you know, you got the old junker car. The little one, the you know, parents got a little bit more money. They get the better car. But I'm not bitter. I'm just talking about it out loud. <laughs> so that's the, but here, the, the point is, what you see, here's the picture. It's the picture of this beloved little boy. And many believe that he's around anywhere from 12 to 15 at the time. Some actually put him much older, but let's just for sake of the picture, let's just say that he's 12 to 15. And, and this is what God asks him to do. He asks him to sacrifice him. And that's a crazy thing, but we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. He says, I want you to take him, right? I want you to take him to Moriah. Moriah is, it, Mount Moriah or is, is a mountain. It's, just, it's in an area over there in Israel. And the word Moriah means chosen. Okay? Now, when you go there, and I've been there obviously many times, and when you go there, it's, it's a place that they knew well and that they held in high esteem. Because it was later, it was later called, okay, uh, God will provide or God shall provide. And you'll see why in a minute. But this is the same place where the temple was built. This is the same place where Jesus died on the cross. For those of you who have ears to hear, same spot, okay? Because God's painting a picture, right? This place. And he goes on to say, I want you to offer him there as a burnt sacrifice, right? On one of the mountains that I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you about. And so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and the two of the young, he took two of the young men with him and his son Isaac, he cut wood for the burnt offering and he arose. And he went to the place to which God told him. On the third day, there's so much more symbolism here than I have time to even talk about it. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place from afar, okay? Now, he goes on in, 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 in this particular incredible picture is this place, and it was a place that, for those who want to know, it's there. It's the same place that, obviously, that Jesus was sacrificed. But it, it, gives, it gives rise to, to another thought, though. And the other thought is, is what I'm gonna call the, obviously, you have the place of the sacrifice. But number three, you have the heart behind the sacrifice. And this is, this is what happens when you, when you talk with, with people and when people take a look at this, at this particular story, it's a, it's a tough one pe for people to understand. And here's the thought, okay? That's why I'm gonna include it under the heart behind the sacrifice. How in the world could God ask Abraham to do something like this? In fact, that's what sometimes, you know, those who hate God, um, they'll say to me, 
it's been a while because there's not near as many conversations I used to as I had as I used to have. They'll say, you know, what kind of a loving God would ask Abraham to do this? Well, I want you to hear this. He was never going to let him do it anyway. Yeah, but why would he ask? Because God's painting a picture. It's a picture of giving your only begotten son. And it's a picture that was put there on purpose to an aged man that he'd waited for so long for God's promises. And then they came and then God asked him to sacrifice those as a picture so that you and I could see and hear and understand. But the heart behind this sacrifice is something that I think you need to see and you need to understand. When you think about number one is that the father and the son you know, were alone. Take a look now at the, at the passage uh, uh, there in, in verse four and five. Okay, when you take a look at verse four and five, it says this, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place from afar. And Abraham said to the young men, that is those who accompanied them, okay, you stay here with the donkey. And I and the boy, that's why I think he's probably a mid-teenager. Because he doesn't call him a child as much as, but he does call him a boy. There are a lot of different names in the language. That's why I tend to believe 12 to 15, but it could be older. But says, I and the boy are going to go up there, right, and worship, and then we're going to come back to you. So, so the father and son alone, he leaves everybody else there. And there's such great pictures in Gethsemane where, when it's just Jesus and his father, in the prayers and in the pain and in all the Incredible, you know, Mark 14 says, my soul is sorrowful even to the point of death, right? So he's struggling there. So the father and son were alone, but I want you to see something about the, the father's heart, right? The father's heart. Now, there's several things included in this little story. Remember, there's nothing there that's just random things. Verse seven, they're on the way up the hill, right? And Isaac notices, this is why I think he's a little bit older than just a child, because Isaac notices and he says to his father, Abraham says, he says, and he says, here I am, my son. He said, he said, you know, we got the fire, we got the wood, but where's the lamb, right? And here's the picture, guys. Here's the picture I don't want you to miss. And it's the picture of a father's heart. You know, who's represented by Abraham? It's God the Father. And when you, this may help you understand John 3.16 as much as what we talked about last week would. For God so loved you that he would give his only son. And the picture here is Abraham and Isaac. As he's walking up a, a hill, a mountain, to sacrifice his only son because that's what God was going to do for you. And love was what motivated him. Does that make sense to you? So again, I want you to understand there are several things that I can talk to you about, but it's hard for you to catch on and relate until you've experienced it. You know, I have to admit, 
this past Easter, it was different for me because as I've told you, I lost, I lost my father in the last few weeks and Easter meant totally different to me. I've never really lost somebody that close. And I know people tell me you haven't lost them. I haven't lost them, but you know what I mean. And so, and so Easter was one of those whole new feel because Easter is all about having an answer to death. So I saw it in a different way like many of you have who are part of that club that understands. Does that make sense? The other one too is this one. The reason I'm telling you that one is because of this one. About eight years ago, nine years ago, I did a message similar to this. And if you'll remember, my son was 13 or 14, so I brought him out. I thought, what a great illustration, right? But I have to be honest. If you rem- I know you don't remember, but I got emotional. You know, it's real easy to say, okay, God gave us his only son, for God to love the world. We got it memorized, right? But when your son's standing up here beside you and you're talking about it, you know, if you're, all of your lives in here were dependent on me giving my son, you might be in trouble. <laughs> Does that make sense to you? I mean, I just kind of throwing it out there. But you don't get that perspective unless you're a dad or a mom. And then it all comes crushing in on you. Because when I first became a believer, I was 21, I didn't have any children. So I've obviously studied these stories and, and I'd looked through them. And yeah, okay, well, God gave us a symbol. Then Abraham was going to, he was obedient. Okay, great, 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 great. But it didn't come alive to me until I had children and understood what that meant. And so by this story, what God's trying to tell you is he's painting this picture. He wants you to look a little bit into his heart of what it took. That's how much he loved you. And that is incredible to think about. And when you can see it, if you want to see it, you know, how could God, I wouldn't serve a God who would ask anybody to do that. You just don't get it. Because most of the time you just don't want to know. The question is, do you want to know? It's all there, right? We're going to be talking about a few of them in the next few weeks, but it's all there if you want to know, right? It's an amazing thing, amazing thing. So we then we have the heart behind this sacrifice. Just want you to see the, the Father's heart is brought out here, right? But number four is I'm gonna call the willingness of the sacrifice, all right? Now, here's something I want you to, I want you to see. In verse six, 22 verse six, and, and again, as I've told you before, the Bible doesn't just throw out random things. It says that, I mean, why wouldn't, you know? I mean, you didn't take the servants up the hill with you. It was just the father and the son alone. Alone, why? Because it's a picture. Here's another one. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it on Isaac, his son. Why not just take one of the donkeys, right? There's a picture here, right? There's a picture here I want you to need. I'm I'm gonna talk to you about that in just a minute. So Abraham took the, and put it on his son, and he took the, in his hand, the fire and the knife, and remember all that, wood, fire, and knife, we'll come back to it in just a minute. So they, they both of them together, and when they came to the place God told them about, uh, Abraham built the altar there, okay? And he laid the wood in order, and it says that he bound Isaac, 
his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Okay, now, I want you to think about this for a second. It's perspective is always an incredible thing. When I say the willingness of the sacrifice, then I found illustrations help, help the most, all right? All right, do we have everybody? Come on out, guys. All right, uh, I've got an illustration for you, all right? I called for volunteers and other services. I was afraid we wouldn't have anybody that matched, uh, matched the description, all right? All right. All right, number one, this is, uh, this is Noah, all right? This is Colin's son, Noah. All right. Hey, buddy. And, and your name is? Bill. Bill? Wilt. All right. Bill, this is, this is Noah's uh, grandfather, okay? And, uh, and he's bigger than you are. <laughs> and so... But, and, and how old are you? Bill? 87. Okay, he's 87. All right, can you come right over here? All right. He's 87. Now, I couldn't find anybody 115. <laughs> All right, so we're going to settle with someone who's 87. All right, now, so I'm going to have to add 28 years to his life to make this picture look. All right. <laughs> And my buddy here, his grandson, is 12, okay? Now, here's the illustration. They go up this hill, right? And, they, and he, plus 28 years, binds him. Now, question, what are the chances that he can bind him if he doesn't want to be bound? So again, the picture always tells you like, but see, guys, you've got to want to know. The picture here is, is that we have a willing sacrifice. In other words, we have a son, Isaac, who trusts his father completely. Does that make sense? All right, I got you. All right, you can go have a seat. All right. That's all you had to do. That was pretty easy, wasn't it? All right. All right. Give, let's give him a hand. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Come on up, Noah. So the part of the willing sacrifice, Jesus became a willing, first of all, he could have easily overpowered his dad, that's number one. Number two is that Jesus willingly became a sacrifice. And that comes to that great picture, right? John chapter 10, verse 18, when Jesus made this statement, no one takes my life, but I lay it down of my own accord. In other words, sometimes people get all upset about, you know, the Romans, can't believe they would do that to Jesus, or even the Jewish people, which is actually, Jewish people, actually, which is actually ridiculous, because all the disciples were Jewish. But Jesus said, hey, whoa, 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 this is what I came to do, right? Willing. So you have that picture in Isaac. But do you remember, do you remember before, um, all right, let me go get it, all right. Remember I had you remember the one piece of it? Is, um, I, again, I, it all is a picture, but if you don't understand the picture, then it's easy to miss. But I want you to see that, G, that, that Isaac carried, he carried his own wood. Remember what it says? Uh, can you give that verse back up there? It says, it says that when, is that when Isaac basically 
basically it says that he took the wood and he laid it on his son, uh, Isaac. No, not the one with the bound, the one where he laid the wood on him. All right, there it is. Uh, nope, uh, I'm getting dizzy. Nope, 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 nope. Doesn't matter, I told you to remember it. All right, so anyway. So it says, and that's why I told you before where it says God doesn't share random things. Now, most of you folks here in Florida, bless your heart, you wouldn't know what it meant to walk up a hill. All right? If you've been here all your life, you know what I'm saying? I don't care if they call it Hillsboro. It's not a borough of hills, okay? But being from Tennessee, I do understand what hills are, all right? Mountains, whatever you want to call them. And when you're walking up one, it's a different type of shape. Uh, Some of you like to go to North Carolina. You understand what I'm talking about. But, But it says that Abraham took the wood, right? And it says he laid it on his son, right? Now, when you're heading up a hill with wood... That's exactly the way you're going to carry it. In fact, as you walk up a hill, you don't walk straight up. You lean over. And Isaac, a picture of Christ, carried his own wood for his sacrifice to the place of sacrifice. And Jesus carried his own cross from the place it was laid on him to the place that he would be sacrificed. For those of you who have ears to hear, you need to hear it. It's a picture that he's painting. All right, that's good, buddy, thanks. All right, let's give Noah a hand, all right? All right, he did that three times, last night and last service, all right? So, so we have here then, under, under number five, you have the pain of the sacrifice. You have Isaac carried his own sacrifice, verse six. And, and it makes sense in this particular picture. Right? Number two, number one is he carried the wood for his own sacrifice. Number two is they brought three things. They brought the wood, they brought the knife, and they brought the fire. And you know, guys, all of them are symbolic. And I don't have enough time to tell with you all. Today's I'm just sharing the picture with you. But wood has always been a picture of the curse. In fact, it says plainly in the New Testament, cursed is anything that hangs on a tree. And then it goes on to talk about the knife. Symbolism is pretty clear there. That's death. Fire has always been a symbol of judgment. Look at the book of Revelation. So basically you take the three things that Jesus took to the place where he'd be sacrificed. He took your curse, he took your death, and he took your judgment, and he paid for them. For those of you who have ears to hear. The parallel that goes down through this is amazing to look at when you think about it. Okay? So then the, again, the pain, right? The pain of the sacrifice, he carried the wood for his own sacrifice and they brought the three things. And then number six, and I'll be done, is the teaching of it, the teaching of it. Now, here's what I want you to think about. When you think about the teaching of the sacrifice, I want you to think about, I want you to think about several things. For obviously, when we get to the point of the place where they were, This is where the picture ends, because God was not going to ask Abraham to actually sacrifice his son. 
So this is where the picture ends, but actually another one picks up. It's pretty amazing because in chapter 22, verse 10, it says that Abraham reached out his hand. He took the knife to kill his own son. The angel of the Lord stomped him, Abraham, Abraham. Basically, he says, here I am. He says, and then the rest of it says, he says, don't, don't, don't do any of those things, whatever. And then number two is the ram in the thicket. Now, here's, the, here's another picture. Here's another picture. It's, it's, it's different than the one we've been talking about. But so therefore, Isaac had a death sentence on his life. But then it says here that Abraham, verse 13, lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold, behind him was a ram uh, caught in a thicket by its thorns. So then Abraham went and he took the ram and he offered it as a sacrifice, an offering, instead of, besides, in the place of, as a substitute for his son. And so you have then this incredible picture of this ram, if you will, caught in the, caught in the thorns, right? A, a crown of thorns on his head, if you will. And you put this picture together, and, and so it became a substitute for Isaac. So when it all comes down again, it was the sacrifice of a ram instead of Isaac, in place of Isaac, right? It's, a, it's something that so Abraham, verse 14, so, so Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. And it is said, basically, uh, and and it is said to this day, as it is known as to this day. In other words, that's the name that stuck. So the place there right now, the place is known as on the mount of the Lord, it what? Crowd participation time. It shall. Okay, now, I'm not, I'm not totally accomplished at English, but I do understand future tense, right? Shall, right? Shall be. So it's not just the place where God provided a ram for Isaac, but it's a place that something's going to happen. Because this entire series, and you're going to see it, it's going to be Every week you're going to hear about God provided a way when there was no way. And that is the picture in who Christ is and what he came to do. What he came to do was to provide a way, to have an answer, like I talked about at Easter, have an answer for death. Guys, if you've got that answer, you've got the answer. I have to move on, but I wanted you to, I wanted you to see it. This incredible picture, right? Number four is what I'm going to call a picture of the resurrection. Now, I'm going to have to be honest with you here. I would have not have seen this one, you know. Uh, I would have not have pulled this one out if this wasn't mentioned somewhere else in the New Testament. But in Hebrews, this thought of the resurrection from this story, this parallel, this picture is, is talked about. And it's, it's the writer of Hebrews in chapter 11, verse 17, puts it this way, talking about the resurrection. Now just walk through it and just hear what it says. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son. In other words, the one guy who received all of God's promises. To theologians, it's called the Abrahamic covenant. 
And that's just a fancy way of saying the promises made to Abraham, right? It says those who, the guy that received those, he was just about to offer his only son. And you know that Abraham's got to be thinking, scratching his head, thinking to himself, wait a minute, I know what God's promised me, so something's got to happen here. Well, the writer of Hebrews gives us a thought here. Because he knew, it says here, of whom it is said, through Isaac, your offspring will be named. So it's all coming through Isaac, but how's that going to happen if Isaac's not alive? He considered that God was able to raise him from the dead. So the writer of Hebrews tells us that possibly Abraham was thinking that, yeah, he was going to die, but then God was going to raise him. Why? Because God had promised this would be the one. Interesting as you see the two side by side. And then he goes on to say this, from which, and this is the way the writer of Hebrews put it, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Death sentence on his life, substitute was provided, Isaac was restored back to his father. So you have all these things put together, but here in the writer of Hebrews says it's a picture of the resurrection. I find that amazing. I find that incredible, to be honest with you. So as we close today, I just wanted to close with one more time, um, John 3.16. Last week we talked about, you know, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so much son of man would be lifted up. And we understood John 3.16 in a whole different way, that whoever believes in him would live, right? And in this particular case, it's eternal life. But the first part of it is basically explained by the story of Abraham and Isaac. For God so loved you and I, he gave his only son. And there's no clearer picture of that, that it was going to happen this way than in the story of Abraham and Isaac. You see, there are little pictures, and if you put them all together, you see an incredible portrait, but there are little pictures all through the Old Testament that are just like this, and we're going to be hitting some of them in the next few weeks, and there's just not enough time to hit them all. But I want you to see just these little different clips, because sometimes somebody will ask me, you know, Jeff, how do you know that the story of Christ just wasn't made up by a bunch of people? Well, I know because, take a look at all of these things, and this is not the only thing I could share with you, but if you want to know how we know. It's all there. But I have found that sometimes it's best for you to go looking for it because the Bible's got made a promise that if you seek him, you will find him. And you, when you find him, all, all the people and demons on earth can't talk you out of it, right? Because you found it. You just take, take someone else's word for it. You found it. It's an amazing thing. And that is what these things are here for, the scriptures tells us, right? So that you can go from as, not what the Bible would say sometimes, not hearing but not understanding, seeing but not perceiving, but having your eyes open and letting you see this picture that God has said is going to happen. It is is remarkable. So it's not close. This is the, again, this is the thought of the gospel message. It is not a message that anyone owns you know, sometimes somebody will say to me, well, you know, that was, that was a Baptist message, that was a Methodist message, that was a Catholic message, whatever. Well, let me tell you something. I, this right here is none of those because nobody owns God. This is God's message, right? The gospel is his message to you personally. 
And so it has nothing to do with what everybody else thinks. It has to do with his message to you and the promises and, and things that he has shared through that message, through the gospel, whatever you want to call it. So if there's never been that time in your life, I'm not asking you to be a part of anything, join anything. Although I do believe if you are a believer, you want to be a part of some place that you can serve and be a part of his family. But, but beyond all that, I'm not asking you to give anything, to join anything, but basically understand the message because it's a gift. And it's not only a gift, but it's a free gift. God will provide. God will provide is the picture when he gave us his son. So do you understand who Christ is, what he came to do? And the scripture teaches that there's no way that you can do enough good deeds to, to earn it. And it's just simple faith, trusting in who Christ is, what he came to do. So obviously, if that's something that you would like to do, then, then, then you can do that and, and it's, your, it's your chairs right now. But also, too, if you want to talk to somebody about it, there'll be always be, after the service is over, after we say amen and you hear the music and everybody's leaving, there'll be some folks up here that love to talk to you personally. If not that, then I encourage you to pick up one of these little booklets, no cost to you, and it says, just says, got questions on it. It's got a little, it's got some, um, it's got some writing with some things, of things I put in there, and then a CD of a message I did, really, that that is about the same as this one, even though it's different. It's just the pictures. It's just the message of the gospel that's retold and told and retold. So anyway, well, God bless you. I'm looking forward to as we continue in the series. It's going to continue to show who he is, what he is, all right? God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for being here today.